mission of Men 46 Dads is to inspire and equip dads to fight for the hearts of their children. We believe that fathers are the greatest influence in the life of a child. We also believe that fatherhood is the most difficult and rewarding thing a man will ever do. We hope men will listen to M46 Drive Time each week as they drive to work. Now, let's jump into today's discussion. What's up, guys? Hey, uh, welcome back. It's M46 uh, Drive Time Podcast, and here with my buddy uh, Tim Sexton. I'm Kenny Dallas, and man, excited you guys are back with us, and Tim, how you doing today? I'm doing good, man. Good to see you, too. We talked about this earlier. I know it's football season. Your voice sounds a little scratchy, man. Yep, yep. It's, kids, it's yelling at 16-year-old <laughs> boys. There's a never-ending list of reasons why to, and so, yeah, I, I enjoy it. That's part of the last, gosh, long time of my life. I've been yelling at kids this time of year, but uh, no, man. Hey, hey, I real quick, it. before we get down here, this real quick. Catch us up on you've got two boys playing Division One football down at Georgia Southern. Yeah, Catch us up on what's going yeah, on yeah. Uh, I've got a I've got a quarterback and a and a receiver down there, and both of them will be redshirt freshmen this this fall. So it'll be be interesting to see see yeah to to get to watch. It's kind of fun having. I got a chance to coach my four older boys. I've got one more who's a eighth grader who I hope to get the honor to get to coach him uh, too. But, yeah, it's kind of fun having two in college football right now because on Saturdays, man, I just get to sit and watch a little bit and, you know, so try to watch them practice every once in a while when I can. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, Josh Josh and Dave, and they're they're having a big time. They're in camp right now. So, That's awesome. Yeah. Awesome, awesome. Yeah. All right. Absolutely. Well, listen, today's today's podcast is I'm excited about it. We're going to talk about a word. It's a strange word, but one of our base lessons that we do out of season one, we call reconciling rhinos. It's a strange term to use, but this is a, I mean, this is a powerful concept in the life of a kid and a lot about what we're talking about today, guys, I'm going to turn it over to you, Tim, to really kind of, kind of give us the background on this. But, man, one of the big things I'm wanting you to take away today with this idea of reconciling rhinos is the idea a lot of times we do a lot of stuff that our kids never see. We do a lot of things in our life, man. We, we may serve our community. We may, we may, you know, we may give and we may do different things. A lot of times that happens apart from our kids. There's just going to need to be a certain amount of stuff that we do with our kids because they need to see us modeling everything. So that's why I think today's lesson is a, is a powerful lesson. Not that we're just doing this idea of reconciling, but that our kids are a part of that sometime of getting to see this. So what in the world do we mean by reconciling rhino? Well, um, in, in second Corinthians, let me just read a couple of verses to you here. Cause this, uh, a reconciler is who Jesus is. That's, he's, that's one of the things he's doing all the time is reconciling people back to himself. One day he's going to reconcile, reconcile creation back to himself. But in verse 17 of chapter five, um, everybody is, pretty familiar with this verse. It says, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. This is the ESV version. Verse 18, all this is from God who through Christ reconciled us to himself. In other words, made us right with him forever and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. So we get to, we get to communicate this 
truth and this gospel and this freedom to other people in a lot of ways. And that's one of the things, dads, don't leave us if you think this is a, a lesson on evangelism, because yep. there's way, many more ways to that's right. be a minister of reconciliation. Verse 19, that is, in Christ God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them and entrusting to us the message of reconciliation. Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ, God making his appeal through us. We implore you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. For our sake, he made him to be sin who knew no sin so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. So we talk about this a lot in M46 Dads. One of the things I want to communicate to my kids is that truth that, that because of the finished work of Christ, I am and my kids are, if they're in Christ, they are. They have become the righteousness of God. Yeah. So they are. It's one of my favorite verses in all Scripture. Yeah. That last one you hit. It's incredible. Um, but really, what this whole reconciling rhinos thing is about is, um, dads, are are you a reconciler? Do you see yourself as a minister of reconciliation? That could include verbally communicating the gospel with people. But just think about this. Um, do you have guys in your church, guys in your community, guys at work, guys in your neighborhood, people in your neighborhood, whatever, that go through something difficult, even if it's something that they've done to themselves, they've mm-hmm. created some kind of you know, storm in their lives, um, poor decisions or whatever. Do your kids see you as somebody who's going after those people and, yep. and trying to communicate the love of God um, with those people. Um, one of the image, images that we talk about in the video is we think about firemen, we think about Marines. Mm-hmm. You know, everybody's running away from the fire, everybody's running away from the chaos, but firemen are running toward the yep. burning building. Yep. Marines are running toward the battle. And that's, that's a pretty powerful image. God wants his, his children, you and I as dads, to be ministers of reconciliation, people who go after people who have fallen down, people who've blown it, people who are going through a difficult time. And, man, I'm telling you, this is an incredibly powerful thing for your kids to watch you be a part of yep. is being a minister of reconciliation. Yep. What do you think? Yeah, no, no, I mean, this is authenticating the gospel for our kids. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's one thing to sit around and say we should love people. There's, an, you know, that we're, we're teaching our kids. We, we want to love others as we love ourselves. We want, man, there's this powerful verse that challenges us. Like tr- part of what love does is it enters into the sufferings of other people. Guys, I want you to imagine how powerful it is for your kids to see you doing that for others in the, in the name of Christ, hopefully. But even if it's not, I mean, I, I'm sitting here thinking, like my wife, her, her dad, um, I call him Mr. Guthrie. Uh, I mean, a powerful Christ follower to me who I don't know if I've ever heard him speak a sermon, but I don't think he's ever seen somebody on the side of the road who needs a, a flat tire changed that he hasn't stopped and helped them. I, I remember the first time, one of the first times I was with him at his job, he was a human resource director at a hospital, and we passed a surgeon, and I remember him talking to the surgeon like, hello, doctor, whatever, like real respectfully, real whatever, and then not 
10, 15 seconds later, we walked past a janitor and he spoke to him in the exact same manner with the exact same respect. And it was powerful because I saw the way he was not a respecter of persons. He, he literally, yeah, I mean, he treated, he just treated two different people in the same, and it it made a powerful impact on me being around him. Uh, It told me something about him. And so literally that idea of us running to hurting people, moving towards things that are struggling, not running away. I mean, it's, I think it's a powerful deal for our kids to get to see us do that. Yeah, and I've, I've become way more passionate about this over the last, it's been 16 years since I kind of blew my world up around me. And walking five minutes before that happened, I thought I had 300 friends. Yeah. You know, it's one that we all probably yeah. think we do. And then after that, I realized there are a lot of people that don't know what to say to me right now. And there are a lot of people that are maybe disappointed in me right now. But I had three or four guys emerge out of that experience. One of them, his name's Eric, got down on his knee, put his hand on my back and said to me, I'm going to walk all the way through this with you. <laughs> and I, I'll never forget that. I had another friend that, that uh, just – I mean, I found out what friendship yeah. is through that season. Yeah. long time ago – but it impacted me in such a way. And, and in fact, Mark Hall, who was a youth pastor here, Casting Crowns guy, you, you were on staff here yep. for a while. He was our youth pastor for a long time. And he told, I don't remember if it was in front of the youth or what the context was, but he told a story one time. He was at one of the um, national news outlets. They were about, Casting Crowns was about to be interviewed on some show. And he runs into a special forces guy backstage that walks up and says like, Hey man, you know, I'm a fan of of casting. Anyway, um, they end up getting to sit down in the green room or whatever they call it. And, um, Mark tells this story. The guy was there to talk about the special forces guy was there to talk about this story that they, this, I don't know if it was a SEAL team, Rangers, whatever it was, they were sent to rescue an American that was being held somewhere mm. and or some Americans that were being held somewhere, and they went to whatever this location was, and they burst in the door and started screaming for the Americans to come out. We're here to take you home. We're here. You know, we're, we're here. We're Americans. Well, there's this strange thing that apparently happens when people what had happened to these people is they had been told hey the americans are here uh, come out and they'd run outside and and it was never true Hmm. and they'd put them back in that hole that they were being held in and it psychologically did something to them so when the special u.s special forces run in the room and say come come on we're going to take you home they didn't believe them Hmm. so this Hmm. special forces guy said i took off my some of my gear and they're laying in filth, you know, I mean, this filthy, nasty, no bathroom you can imagine. And this guy said, I just laid down next to these people laid in the dirt with them. And they, and they started believing me. And eventually they got up and we ran out and were able to get them home. That's a pretty powerful image. And I remember being the guy that needed somebody to go, dude, I'm, I'm not going to run away. I'm going to get in this with you. Even though there were people going, man, don't, you know, don't, you're going to get some of that on you. You know, if you, but there were people brave enough to run toward the fire, to run toward the battle. 
get down in the mud. And my life has never been the same. My kids' lives have never been the same. And my, we'll interview our kids on these podcasts. We'll interview my son soon. And um, their story is I found out who Jesus was by watching people hold our family up, yeah. you know. And, and they were being ministers of reconciliation. And some of them probably wouldn't have even used those words. They were just being a friend, but they weren't afraid to get yeah. muddy. Yeah, you know, you're sitting there telling that story, and I'm and I'm I'm just thinking. I remember years ago having somebody challenge me with the story of the Good Samaritan, and um, of you know, people were asking Jesus, like, "Who's your neighbor? You know, who's?" And uh, you know, he tells the story of a man who's traveling, and he gets beaten up by a group of robbers. You know, a group of group of thugs just beat him up and leave him for dead on the side of the road. And uh, and the challenge was, you know, it says a priest and a Levite comes through. And they walk to the other side of the road. This guy pointed out to me, he, he I don't know if it's somebody had taught him this or, or he just read into the story, but he said, I can imagine the priest was just coming from church and the Levite was going to church and they see this guy in need on the side of the road, beaten up, battered, bloody, left for dead, and they crossed and, and they, they, they went across on the other side of the road. And of course, the question is, who is my neighbor? And then Jesus said, but then a Samaritan comes along and guys back in this day, you know, Samaritans are whoever we consider the absolute outcast of society today, the people you least respect and have no respect for whatsoever. been canceled. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like you are the lowest of low. He said, here comes a Samaritan comes and he takes his time and he stops and he helps the man. And he actually takes him and gets him some uh, some care and puts him, uh, you know, uh, pays for him to have um, a, a place where he can sleep. And the idea was this. He entered into this guy's suffering. He's like, you probably got blood on him. He doesn't know. Are the, you know, are, are those couple of folks still around? Would they beat him up because he's going to help him? It cost him some money. It cost him some time. But here was this priest and Levite who didn't. And he was like, Man, that's where the gospel is lived out. The gospel is not lived out on this righteous side of the road of, look at me, I'm a leader, I'm, a, I'm headed to church, I'm coming, and there ain't nothing wrong with going to church. That's not the point of the story. But the gospel is lived out on the other side of the road where you're helping your fellow man. I, part of what we're trying to make the impact on you guys today and challenge you guys is, I think, Tim, a lot of time as men... We have to be careful. We spend so much time away from our kids. There's probably a lot of things that men do serving and giving and spending time, you know, doing this reconciling type work that maybe their kids never get to see. And the point of us doing good works is not to do it in a showy way in front of our kids, but they need to see that. Your kids need to see it. They absolutely need to see it. It's, uh, there's, there's probably nothing, uh, outside of just verbally articulating the gospel that can communicate the gospel more than being a minister of reconciliation, being a person who goes after broken, um, hurting people. You know, there's a contemporary example of this. Mel Gibson, Mm -hmm. uh, years ago, uh, went through a rough period. I don't know the whole story, regardless of what you think of Mel Gibson and Robert Downey Jr. Somebody sent me this video, Mm -hmm. and Mel Gibson was in the process of being canceled mm-hmm. in Hollywood because he had been caught on this audio, uh, drunk, screaming and yelling at, I think it was his wife, cussing at his wife. 
and oh, he's a terrible person. And, you know, he had made the passion of the Christ, so he was already, you know, mm-hmm. we got to get you out of here kind of thing, it seemed like. And Robert Downey Jr., who had his own story of brokenness, drugs and incarceration and all that kind of stuff, walked out. I think it was the Oscars, maybe. I might be wrong, but went out and stood in front of the Hollywood crowd and said, this is my friend. I don't, you, you can go pull it up on YouTube. This is my friend, um, and I, I, we need to let him back in kind mm. of speech. Mm. And I remember watching that thinking, man, that took some nerve because mm. what can happen is you can get sucked down with him if you associate. Jesus, prostitutes, tax collectors, um, all, all the outcasts inside, he ran toward those people. And, and there was something that he was looking for. Um, he was looking for contrition. And if, you, yep. if somebody in your life is broken and hurting, um, you don't need any more information. Yep. <laughs> Run toward that person. Now, if, yep. if it's pride and, hey, I did it, I'm going to do it again, they, they might need to yep. you know, experience some, uh, some island time, so to speak. Yep. But, man, yep. we're supposed to be ministers of reconciliation. And, and like you said, Kenny, our kids are watching to see if we actually believe what we say we believe. We can yep. sit in our living room and, you know, yell at the TV and about politics and, uh, you know, all this kind of, your kids are going to, ca- they're going to capture the gospel if they watch you being like Jesus. And it's, it's, it's literally being a minister of reconciliation. Yeah. Well, look, I'm sitting here thinking, I mean, Jesus actually said at one point, how you treat the least of these is how you treat me, mm-hmm. which is an amazing statement that's the king that we follow is a man who would say how you how you treat those people who can do nothing for you in return <laughs> you know yeah, cuz it's easy yeah. to treat people who i know can take care of me it's easy to do that oh and we're going to do that on another podcast how we as human beings we've got to watch out for how i'm always looking am i going to gain some social equity by that's right. by being seen with this person or 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 not not being seen with that person Man, Jesus, he didn't live that way. That's right. Guys, you know? we're, we're talking about we're talking about helping folks that can literally do nothing for you in return. And so I wanted to mention one last thing as we kind of close up today. But we, we end almost, not almost, we end all of our sessions with challenges. I, I, love, I love our different challenges. But, man, what a great challenge maybe taking this, um, this idea of being a reconciling rhino. Maybe, man, this is the month that you intentionally go do something outside of your comfort zone. I mean, it could be as simple as serving somebody in your community that needs some extra help in their yard work. Man, maybe it's going to a soup kitchen and and providing some help down there. Man, there's about a million different ways we can serve this. We can serve the world and we can serve the kind of what we would consider, you know, the least of these or whatnot, people that could not do anything in return. Uh, and I want to get your get your thoughts on that. But like doing that with my kids taking my kids and us doing that together. But I, I, w- I want to leave you guys. My last thought, though, is I read a book um, a few years back. And, man, this thing, having six kids, this jumped off the words of the book for me. It was a, a guy that had done youth ministry for over 30 years. And so he said, this is not an official study. He was like, this is my experience from the past 30 years. He said, everybody knows 70 to 80% of kids when they, you know, they leave the home and go to college that they walk away from the faith. Now, a lot of those people, I think, a lot of those men return, I think, after they get married, start having, having kids, kids and they start figuring out life a little bit. But 
it's generally accepted. We're talking about 70 to 80% for a period of time that, you know, that they walk away from the faith. He said in his experience, kids that grew up doing great commission type work, true gospel type work with their parents on a regular basis, he, he said that that number was less than 10%. Wow, and listen, again, it's not an official study, but it's, I think it's better than that. It's a man who's actually had experience for over 30 years looking at it with his own eyes. To me, it makes total sense because, again, it's just like what you said. It's not me sitting in my, in my living room just talking about it. It's my kids actually seeing me live it out. And so, guys, I, I don't think this means you got to go preach on a, on a street corner with your kids sitting right there. I mean, I think it can be as simple as, you know, I mean, who, who are some widows or who are some orphans in our, you know, inside our church community? Like, who, who needs help fixing a, a flat tire? I mean, yeah. I think it can be as simple as that. And I, I'll wrap up with this. We'll hurt some feelings here. You ready? You yep. ready to lose some podcast listeners? Yeah, yeah. Guys, it might be that your kids need to see you reach out to that family member that nobody talks to anymore yep. because of Jesus. Yep. Because of Jesus, um, your kids watching you be a peacemaker and a reconciler in the context of family, which can be really difficult. So, man, that was good mm-hmm. stuff, Kenny. Guys, thanks for joining us. Um, we'll see you next time. Yep, fight for the hearts. Thank you for listening to this episode of M46 Drive Time. M46 Dads is a nonprofit ministry made possible by generous contributions from dads just like you. If you'd like to support the ministry of M46 Dads, you can make a tax-deductible donation on our website. For more information, resources, and to get in touch with us, please visit our website at m46dads.com.